Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us, for all that you have done for us through your Son, our Saviour, for revealing yourself to us through him and opening up to us the possibility of eternal life with you. As we are drawn into worship this morning, would you speak to us through your word? Open our ears to hear you and our hearts to respond. And then commission us and send us too out in your name to be part of your worldwide, age-long mission and ministry in this your world. To the glory of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just before I get going, after this service is our APCM, our annual parochial church meeting. It's your opportunity to hear what we've done in the last year, to uh, um, see our accounts, um, by our, I mean not mine, but our accounts, and what we've done with the money that God has given to us this last year and to hear uh, what various bits of the church have been doing, to uh, read those reports, and also to um, choose our new leaders for the coming year, or leaders, those who will add in to our leadership team in the coming year. So I would love to invite you all to join us after the service at the APCM. Just to encourage you, um, there will be about halfway through it, there will be some light refreshments, um, so a light lunch we've, uh, we've ordered in, and uh, that's our gift to you, and there will be some, uh, some kind of celebratory drinks, um, and we hope that you will join us for that, because this last year has been an amazing year, and we want to celebrate that. Um, there will also, in case you brought children with you this morning, uh, there will be a film going on in one of the films, uh, one of the rooms upstairs, I think. Um, and they'll be looked after. So if you want to stay, even with your children, um, then, uh, then uh, set them going. Uh, you can join the first half of the meeting, then they can join us for lunch and uh, get going on the film again, and uh, we'll have the second half of the meeting. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about the end of 2016, a vicar went off on sabbatical to find out what proper churches did. But by the time he got back, life had become very tough. One of his closest friends, David Fry, had tragically died. And because he was the church treasurer, amid his grief, the vicar was also facing the end of year accounts and putting together a budget for the coming year. But he didn't know how it all worked, and his fr friend was no longer there to advise him. And it seemed to him that he was standing before the dock and was required to render account for £30,000 owing from the previous year and another 35000 for the year to come. You can imagine how he felt. However, he was blessed that another good friend, 
one Reverend Albert Braithwaite, had left a gift to the church of £60,000. Well, it seemed as if this gift would have to be used to keep the church afloat whilst the leadership got to grips with the finances. But then some other wonderful friends dropped by. Paul Nelson, the new treasurer. Sally Marshall, the new bookkeeper. Anne Millett, the accountant, who all worked very carefully and tremendously hard. And a lot of people prayed really hard for the financial state of the church, and a lot of people gave very generously. And so by the end of the following year, the accounts were thoroughly understood. The funds had been tidied up. The church was in a better financial state than it had been for a long, long while. And the whole £65,000 had been replaced. What a wonderful day when the treasurer told the vicar that all of Albert's gift was now available to be used once again. You can imagine how that vicar felt as he knelt before the throne of God. Sovereign Lord, last year we were in trouble. We didn't know what money we had. We thought we were going to be in dire financial straits and we wouldn't be able to honour Albert but would have to spend his money filling a black hole. But you have been so gracious to us, Lord. You have given us Albert's gift so we wouldn't have to panic and then you've, you've given it back to us so that we can use it again. You've given us confident, competent, hard-working people to help us understand our situation. You've encouraged your people to be generous and you've answered their prayers. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. My friends, we have been so blessed this last year. Members of St Jude's have worked so hard and been so generous and courageous. Moreover, while we were getting to grips with our finances, we haven't just hung around and marked time. We've even managed to extend our ministry in exciting ways. We've doubled the investment in our children and youth ministries, and it's been a joy to welcome Dom amongst us, full of energy and ideas. The nursery has completed its transition from term time only to 51 weeks per year, filling its waiting lists and its coffers in the process. We've set up our prayer tent under the banner of Prayer Central, and we've started monthly prayer meetings again on the first Wednesday of each month. And the next one will be on Wednesday the 2nd, this Wednesday coming up. So come and join us then, 8 o'clock. And every day uh, throughout Thy Kingdom Come, the Archbishop's call to prayer to the church nationwide and worldwide to pray, we're going to be opening up the prayer tent for people to pray in there and doing, uh, different, having different kinds of resources there. And that's going to climax in 24 hours of prayer in the prayer tent um, from Friday morning through to Saturday morning on Friday the 11th of May. And we've used this church to house um, help some homeless guys, 10 homeless guys over the winter, and a pregnant woman through some really miserable winter weather. And in the process, we've launched a citywide church ministry to the, uh, to the homeless.
And three of those guys who were sleeping here through, um, uh, through the Thursdays of uh, January, February, um, three of them are now in more permanent accommodation. And the pregnant young woman has been taken on by the local authority. So that's four out of those 11 for whom that project was life-changing. And above all, of course, we've launched a new congregation for the first time outside the parish in 150 years. It was so exciting to hear at the St. Margaret's APCM this week how Jesus has grown that congregation from naught to 60 in just four months through the love and the energy of that team. Well, if you want to read the whole story of our advances and achievements this last year, do please stay on for our APCM and you'll get the reports and you'll be able to read them through lunch and see the amazing things that God has been doing through us. So what does the Lord want to do through us next? Well, you've got a brochure with some of the highlights. Um, in the um, middle couple of pages, there are a bunch of different things that I'm pointing out to. And then in the next page, answers to prayer, there's, uh, there's some significant numbers. But basically, I think some of it is going to be about refreshing and bringing up to date what we already do. We're going to be spending Albert's legacy on new chairs here. Say hurrah. 40, 50 years, these chairs have been serving us well, but you can see that they're beginning to crumble underneath you. And uh, we're going to buy some, uh, some upholstered chairs, uh, and uh, that's going to be very exciting. Um, at the same time, we're going to be replacing this organ, which has served us well over 10 years, uh, having found it in a skip. It's done admirably well, but it's really near the end of its life. And uh, we're going to be uh, getting some new PA equipment and reorganizing the speakers and hopefully uh, reshaping what's right up there uh, so that uh, the, yeah, the PA team are all doing a uh, high fives at the back. Um, and uh, that will be really supporting our worship in this service. And so... Um, uh, we're also, uh, sorry, re-landscaping the nursery's garden and we're going to try and get to grips with their rather ineffective heating system and a bunch of other things. And so, uh, as you've seen, we've taken on Abby Richardson to help us to do that kind of thing better. Some of it's going to be about consolidation. For instance, extending the Open Church project next winter for two months rather than one. And some of it's going to be about pushing forwards with opportunities that we've been given, especially at St. Margaret's, where we're hoping to do the nursery building work this next year to make the church, the church building safe to enter. And we've built up enough money in our mission development fund to be able to bless the Thomas family out in Sendai in Japan in their work there by enabling them to fit out a mission house that they've been given um, and make it uh, possible to use that for their ministry and bring them one step closer to um, the possibility of independence as a church. And I do have a couple of other buildings on my mind as well. It's just possible that next year, 2019, we might be ready to begin uh, thinking about relaunching 
our um, church redevelopment project here, which we uh, began uh, 10 years ago when I first arrived. And I'm just wondering if the time has come, now that we've, been, we've worked through all of our program uh, for staffing, whether the time has come to uh, look at doing something about the um, peeling uh, paintwork and the, uh, the rather uh, unhelpful galleries that we have and uh, to move forwards into the next stage of this building's uh, life for us. And I'm also wondering whether the time has come for us to think about um, beginning to buy back some of the old vicarage, which was sold before my predecessor's time. And uh, you might have noticed if you walk that way that um, the end bit of it is for sale again, doesn't come up for sale very often. Um, and I'm just wondering whether now might be the time for us to think about acquiring some more rooms for the different kinds of ministry and fellowship that we have. Well, you might want to pray for discernment, uh, for, um, for wisdom, for uh, our church leadership team as they wonder about that, or as I wonder about that out loud and they wonder how to respond. <laughs> and you might want to let me know how you feel about that. The Lord has been so faithful to us over this last year and these years before. But I think that there are a couple of major areas that the Lord wants to challenge us in in the year ahead. And these two areas are worship and witness. By the end of the year, I believe that we'll be ready to take on one last member of staff, a worship minister, which we haven't had for the last 10 years. We've done amazingly well through the efforts of our volunteer coordinators, our players, and our singers. But I believe the time has come for us to raise the standard of our music and to deepen the intention of our worship. Well, recruiting a skilled leader and an effective organizer is going to cost us more money. And in the brochure, as I said, um, in the, the back middle page, you'll find the numbers there. But don't be fooled. You can't buy worship. If the standard and quality and depth of our worship is going to increase, if we're going to approach the kind of worship that the early church experienced, then we're all going to have to be involved and committed. And the same is true for witness. Well, we're looking right now for an associate vicar with the skills and confidence to lead us forward in mission. But that will only mean anything if it includes and involves us all. So my plan is this September to launch for us a year of mission. We're going to find out more about that over the summer. But it's basically going to mean a couple of years of praying and planning and preparing and practicing and getting ready. And then a term in the summer next year after thy kingdom come next year where we'll pray ourselves hot and get ourselves going and launch ourselves out at Pentecost next year and then a term where we focus entirely on God's mission and ministry outside the church. What will God do with us next summer? What will he be preparing to do with us all of this year to come? Well, we're going to start off preparing for that with a summertime 
sermon series this summer about our mission at work and outside the family starting in two weeks' time. There's an obvious connection between worship and witness that runs all the way through the New Testament. Worship leads to witness and witness leads back to worship. You can see it in today's gospel reading. As Jesus commissions and commands and sends out his disciples, they saw the risen Jesus, risen from the dead, and they worshipped him. And as they did so, he commanded them to go to the ends of the world and to take that gospel message of for the forgiveness of sins through the death of Jesus and his rising again from the dead and to make disciples of all nations. Yet the command came with a promise that Jesus would always be with them wherever they went. And so witness led right back into worship. And as you worship here today, discovering who Jesus is and what he has done for you and what he will do for you, that worship is pushing you out into the coming week. Jesus is empowering you for all the conversations and engagements and moments that you will have in this coming week, the ways that you will be able to witness to him through your character, through your actions, and through your words. And as you show Jesus to your friends and colleagues, you will find that Jesus is right there with you, moment by moment. Your worship leads to witness, and your witness leads back to worship. At Pentecost, the disciples were worshipping in the upper room. And the Spirit came in power upon them and sent them out onto the street in witness. The church at Antioch was praying and fasting. And God said to them, set aside for me Paul and Barnabas because I'm going to send them out on some great missionary journeys that will touch the world for your generation and for all the generations to come. Paul was worshipping with Silas in prison and later on on a ship on his own. And on each of those occasions, the worship led directly to witness to the power of Christ to those who were around him. And in today's readings from Acts, reading from Acts, we see exactly the same pattern repeated over and over again. Peter and John are going to worship in the temple. And they end up witnessing to the power of Jesus to heal a man who is lame, born lame, who they meet on the way. And that witness leads to worship as that man gets up. Um, what does it say? Uh, he was um, walking and leaping and praising God which offered a powerful witness to all those who were standing by, who had watched him, walked past him all those months and years, there, unable to walk. And they saw the power of God in action. And they gave praise to God. Well, the temple authorities weren't at all pleased by this, so they hauled in the disciples. And the disciples witnessed to them about God's action through Jesus Christ. And so they slung them in prison, but in the end, they had to release them. So in effect, they gave praise to God. And the first thing 
that the disciples did as they were released from prison were went back to their friends and they gave praise to God for what God had done through and amongst them. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathering together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It's just possible that some of you will say you haven't experienced worship in the same way as these disciples. Well, if that is the case, I suspect that it's because for us there is a bottleneck. I wonder if we aren't letting worship drive us out onto the streets and into our workplaces to give witness to the person that we have discovered Jesus to be in our worship. And so we don't have the scary prospect nor the exciting results to fuel that witness, sorry, from witness to fuel our worship. Once upon a time, some friends and I were invited to go to a biker's meeting to share the gospel. I can tell you that the prayer meeting we had before we went was one of the most exciting prayer meetings I have been to. We were so desperate to get close to Jesus because we so needed his encouragement and his protection for what we faced. And the prayer meeting that followed was so full of gladness for what God had been able to do completely unexpectedly through us in what we felt to be such a scary situation. So here is my vision challenge to you for this year. Read the brochure, look at the numbers, ask yourself how does God want me to pitch in and be part of this. Let's build our financial resources to improve our opportunities for worship and let's prepare ourselves to become more courageous in witness. And then let's see our worship really come alive by getting stuck in and witnessing to who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus Christ, it's always an adventure following you. I believe this next year is going to be a particular adventure for us here at St. Jude's. And I thank you so much for the way that you have prepared us for this by your faithfulness in the last two years. You've brought us through a really dark and hard time. And now I believe your sunshine is coming out upon us and you're inviting us to step out with confidence and faith with you into this coming year. Lord Jesus, would you empower us, embolden us, give us courage and faith would you lift the, lift our, would you open our eyes that we may, we may discover you in a whole new way this coming year? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit as you did those disciples? Would you give us the courage to pray as, as they did? Now, Lord, see their threats against us and fill your servants with boldness that they may preach your word. 
and your gospel. And then, Lord, would you shake this place, fill us with your Holy Spirit. And may we continue to speak the word of God with all boldness to the community around us for your glory. And may we come back rejoicing at the wonders you have shown us for your glory and the blessing of this community. Amen. Thank you.